It is Thursday, the 23rd of November 2017, and this is episode 323 of Digital Outbox. Hello, I'm Chris, and Ian's here as well. Hello, Ian. Even Chris, I was going to podcast, but I'm going to buy things on Black Friday sales instead. Oh my God, Black Friday is now like a full month of things. It's it's totally gone away from what it should be, right? Yeah, it's, Black Friday. It was a day was... where they sold things cheap, and yeah. now it's an oh, it's just I've, I don't know. I've they, and the, and the deals are rubbish. But can you continue yourself for Cyber Monday? No. Basically, deals are going to have to be pretty damn good on Friday and Monday because there's otherwise it's just a name to get people spending. I guess it was always a name to get people spending, wasn't it? But most of the deals you can get them all year round, like all these Amazon deals. They're yeah. just oh, they're just slightly discounted. Yeah, I mean, there's a, there's some there's some bits of Amazon that are slightly slightly discounted. I guess the other ones are like you know if you look at some of the but I've got a whole batch of clothing ones came in the last sort of two three days, and some of them are like pucker deals. You know, it's like. No. But yeah, I know. But they, but they're so diluted by the number of, oh, get this gadget that you didn't really want yes. and get two p off of it. Yeah. Anyway, no, the, I think the Amazon one. The fact that they're going it's ten days starting from last week. And, yes, and they, I am jaded. Yeah, and even black. though they started on the Friday, there was like there was like um like early Black Friday deals. It was yeah, like... exactly, exactly, exactly. So yeah, I am jaded by the whole thing, and I wish they'd just go back to one day where they did stupid mega deals and leave it at that. But they're not because oh, this is going to be a fun podcast. Yeah, that's the end of our podcast. Twitter has removed the check marks from several white supremacist profiles. So this is follow-on story from what we were talking about uh, maybe a couple, couple of weeks ago, and um, this was where basically people were moaning that a white supremacist had a check mark. Twitter kind of said, "Yeah, we can see that that's going to be pretty offensive." Seen as nowadays, it's seen as a, a mark of a, a you know. Um, being someone of note and official and it's kind of gone away from where they originally had the check mark which was just to verify that you were who you said you were rather than a pretend account um anyway they've gone about now removing check marks from people who fall foul of some new regulations they've put in so anyone who's um threatening people uh to basically bullying or making comments around people's race ethnicity national i can't speak national origin sexual orientation gender gender identity religious affiliate blah 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 that goes on the whole list of these things they will remove check marks from or they will not award them um so twitter is having to become judge jury and and all the other and become a not a censor because it's not removing these accounts. It's just saying you can't have an official check mark if you partake in those behaviours. What do you think about this? I think it's just I think Twitter got themselves, and, and it's not. I don't think it's anything to do with the kind of white supremacists and stuff. They got in a, no. they got the knickers in a twist when it, the first it was this first. Let's try and do some sort of celeb platform. So if we give you a, if you give you like a verified mark, it's like you're a, you know, you're a, oh, somebody of, you know, notable, you know, worthiness. And um, and then they started opening up to more people. So if you could say, you know, I'm a, you know, an app developer and I've made, you know, Tweetbot, eh, you will go verify you. You know, and if you're an app developer. So it just started going further and further and wider and wider. It would have been better just saying, this isn't, a, this isn't, you know, the verification just means you're the real person. 
you know, we're not, we're not. They should have. They shouldn't have narrowed it down. They should have yeah. just expanded it to everyone. Yep. yep. So some. So some way of of securely holding and proving that you know you are the Chris Hutchinson that presents digital box and you're very. And, and it would have opened up so many avenues for them because then that would have been a genuine identity uh, verification tool rather than uh, what it you know what it turned out yep. to be was I'm I'm I've got x number of followers or and it would you know. have, it would have got us away from you know the spam accounts that people get confused about yeah, and all so that kind of stuff to go through this verification maybe you have to supply some sort of proof yeah. of identity uh, that gets checked off against your name and then that is your account if you say something sure it comes back to bite you because it's, it's you saying it uh, but that's the whole you know that for me that is the direction that they should have gone not down the route of trying to be moralistic about who can get a check mark and who can't i understand how they've got there uh, uh, i think they should uh, back away from this because they're going to get themselves into all sorts of slangy matches and <laughs> who's got check marks who hasn't hey, and uh, is... what can you can say before it gets taken away all those kind of things exactly so this is the i think this is the the i guess the nice for a fat man that they're on now and uh they've, they've said They've said they've got these guidelines. If you fall outside these guidelines, we'll remove your your verified check mark. But the problem is, as Trump but, has exactly. fallen outside of all these things already, and, and he, has he verified. had it removed? No. And and yeah. the thing is, they've also talked about how it's not just they've actually said it's behaviours off of Twitter as well. So it's not just on that platform. You know, so you could be you night. Know, so it's like how how are you going to you know making uh, that statement? Can how can you maintain that? How can a and how can a tech you know company be the be that the decider of that how yeah. they're going to be like apple when it was deciding about what apps could and couldn't be developed you platform. it doesn't scale you, you it just doesn't work it's no. not your position in life to do that um as much as you might want to as much as you might find some of the people using your service unsavory stop them from using the service if, if that's what you want to do um but you, you know you're just going to get in these problems where you have to make these calls left to right and and, yeah. and and I think Twitter themselves admitted it in their, their kind of statement. It's like uh, verification has long been perceived as endorsement, and that's that's because it was right at the start because you handpicked the people yeah, that you it, verified, yeah. you know. And then you started giving them a better, not a better platform, but different ways of using Twitter that wasn't open to, you know, what I would say is non-verified users. Not and it was like you know ways of hiding things and ways of you know and it was and it was almost like they were trying to grab celebs come and join this platform yeah you're going to get all this hate so we'll make you verified and we'll give you some other options that you know lets you tailor the experience so you can hide all this from you but you know but then you could be you know you could be you know a feminist getting absolute dogs abuse and and they would do nothing to help you mm -hmm. and that's yeah. that's where i think they've always been open to i guess um criticism and, and the only thing i would say is I just love the reaction from the three or four, you know, white supremacists that, that you know, that they did get their check mark removed. You know, it was like one one guy said that they, they deliberately had changed their policy, um, just to be able to censor him. Um, uh, you know, Tommy Robinson, who is a, a known, you know, idiot white guy in, in the UK, he's lost his, and he was he was like all glum and unhappy about it, and it's like that just made me smile. Um, and the best was somebody called Laura Luma. Um, who, um, who, who, last month or earlier this month had tweeted a rant calling for a non-Islamic form of Uber or Lyft, um, which is nice, um, and then said Twitter is making her account harder to find, um, and said the platform is trying to eradicate my presence, just like Hitler. Um, you know what happens when you bring Hitler into an argument. 
yeah. Uh, anyway, I, you know they've had they have they had the chance to take stock, take a step back, and see where they were, and try and do something. And they haven't taken that opportunity well, as far as I can see. Uh, they still need to do that step back and see. No, where they've they've knee jerked, they've knee jerked publicly, and and it's like yeah, but you're right. Take all these verified off, and it's like, but what is what about all these guys? You know, so so for all you know, you're a verified guy, Chris, and then you've been done for shoplifting. You know, but you're still verified as a digital outbox host. He's not shoplifted, by the way. That was the first thing that came into my head. <laughs> How do you know? Could do it all the time. But you're right. But but you would maybe that explains the gaps in the podcast listeners. <laughs> but I'm out <laughs> shoplifting. <laughs> no, you've just been banged up for twenty eight days, and you, you get out for fourteen. <laughs> you know, good behaviour and all that. <laughs> Yeah. But, the, um, but, the, but that's they're never going to be able to, you know, they're never going to, be, you know, this whole thing about, you know, we'll remove verification for behaviours on and off Twitter. You will not be able to do that. That is folly. PC vendors are scrambling to recover from uh, an Intel announcement, which basically said some of our chips are vulnerable. Sorry about that. Um, and this affects quite a lot of um, sort of high-end desktop pcs as well as internet of things type devices uh anywhere where the various uh chips have been used now a lot of this does require actual access to the device itself but there are some which are remotely accessible um so i think we know more about the kind of platforms that are affected and and there are tools now to go and find out which ones are uh there's sort of again vendors trailing trying trying desperately to come up with patches and things um i believe they can be patched so i think it is possible to solve these issues i do hope so the fact that they're in the you know the actual cpu is slightly worrying it's this, so and it so therefore it covers desktops home it also covers more seriously you know servers and services like that so it's uh, and and in, and as we know, Internet of Things type devices, when they're vulnerable, they never really get patched. Uh, or if they are patches are available, they never get updated. So you you just don't see people regularly updating their fridges and things, you know. So uh, let's hope that that's that's done. If you you know, it's worth you finding these uh, determining tools to see whether you've got any vulnerabilities and seeing whether there's a patch available. But as ever, our advice is always keep your devices up to date. Yeah, and a lot of the risks are theoretical at the moment, but as you know, the, the the as you covered, it's there's a lot of devices affected, and um, there's a lot of manufacturers, you know, big names. You know, this isn't, you know, it's not like some. I think we've covered it before, but we've talked about IoT devices and you know lots of Chinese manufacturers, and they'll never be updated. This is you know Dell, HP, Lenovo, yeah. you know, lots lots of their platforms. You know, it's like Intel core processors. You know, Skylake, with the, Cable Lake. With the Wi-Fi issues and now the chip issues, it, you know, I would just systematically go around your devices in your home and just check for updates. Do that over the next um, maybe couple of weeks before Christmas and eventually you'll find that things are a bit more secure again as, as you know as as has been said probably the chances of you as a home user getting affected by this are slim to none but nevertheless it's always worth keeping yourself up to date yeah android devices have been sending location data to google um and this is location data that hasn't been either turned on by the device or um hasn't been you know specifically the device hasn't got like a, a, a say a what am i thinking of i'm 
<laughs> what SIM card? Why can't I remember the word SIM card? So I haven't got a SIM card and it's still sending data. Uh, basically, a company uh, called Quartz has been doing some searching and in, you know investigating uh, and it did question Google on it and they said yeah sure we collect some data um, but actually we don't use it we were thinking about using it for something um, but, but that never happened and at some point we'll stop collecting that data uh, because we don't use it yeah that's the long and short basically your mobile phone is telling Google you know where you are roughly in space and there's obviously the outrage of um the righteous and indignant uh, who are scandalized by that fact but actually uh, i'm like like most people i'm like yeah whatever you you'd get that information anyway probably i the the, 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 the i guess it's just back to there's always a whiff about google and how they use this data sure um and i think we've seen it a number of times that they've been caught out and it's but when always... you use the mobile phone for being a mobile uh, phone, no, I get, I get that, but one hundred percent gives your data to like everyone. <laughs> yeah, but there are a lot of people that you know might want to use data, but they want to disable location services for whatever reason. They do. Yeah, it's the same folk that you know don't trust cameras anymore and will tape over cameras because it's been proven that they're hackable. They can turn the lights off, and there's a whole lot of data getting captured potentially. Either either by hackers or by governments, you know, so that there are that is, it is happening. So I, I just think for the number, you know, sure, I, I I'm, I'm happy that these reports come out. I'm happy that people investigate, and I'm happy that people hold Google to to rights. But the person who's using their phone and will now say, "I'm never using an Android phone again," forgets the fact that this is a really limited case because most people who have a mobile device want to use it to be a mobile phone, uh, and and therefore. Like, like I say, your location is always known by as long as it's connected to a cell towers. But there are still, as I said, there are, I know people that switch off um, their location services. Yeah, 100%. But they don't and the turn off their phone. No, no, but the disappointing thing is that, that by doing that, Google was secretly, covertly, and yep. to your knowledge, gathering that data. And although they're saying they weren't going to hold it, they were obviously, somebody was doing something with it. You know what I mean? Oh, I mean, I don't necessarily believe that. I believe they were thinking about doing something with it. Yeah. And you're right. You're you're you are probably right. Maybe they were doing something with yeah. it. But yeah. And, I, and now that somebody's called them out, don't worry, we're going to switch it off this month. What? A I'm glad. I'm glad. <laughs> what? A yeah, yeah. Now, now that you've noticed, <laughs> I'm glad that there are people out there keeping an eye on this for me. But I can't get riled up about it because. No, I'm not. No, it's, it's not riled up. Know. It's just there is. Uh, um, oh, somebody will be. Uh, no, there's a pattern. That's all I'll say. Yeah, There's a pattern for agreed. Google get form. Agreed. They sweep things up until they get noticed they're sweeping things up. And then they, oh, no, no, what? This this under this carpet? Uh, no, no, we weren't using that. No, we're just, Oopsie. Uh, Oopsie. Just, <laughs> yeah, just up there. We're not doing anything bad with it. But then again, um, compared to some other companies, they are like the, the angel Gabriel. <laughs> so... <laughs> Oh, Uber. <laughs> Next up. Oh, in the long saga of Uber. So someone else has taken over control of Uber and they've had to come clean that their predecessor uh, paid um, hackers to delete data, which they had hacked. Basically, Uber got hacked. Uh, a whole ton of drivers information was taken Um including driver license numbers, social security. Oh, no, no social security. Basically, various data. I'm reading things too quickly here. They got hacked. Driver's data got taken. Those um, 
instead of coming clean and telling the drivers or releasing statements to that fact, they decided they would pay the hackers $100,000 to delete the information and then they kept absolutely shtum about it. The guy that's taken over has said, right, we can't do that anymore. Uh, I've had to come clean that here's what happened. Um, and there are various agencies now looking into whether any laws were broken, etc. Yeah, and, and quite right too. Uh, we think that we've said this before. Lots of companies are getting hacked, but the 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 best thing they can do is come clean as quickly as possible. Let people know, and give them you know the information about what's been hacked, what they can do, etc. See to keep it quiet. I think is, is not not just to keep it quiet. The to to pay <laughs> someone to delete it no. when they are of moral <laughs> dubious nature. Anyway, yeah. Why would they delete it? Yeah, and I think that's that's other bit to this. It's like so we'll pay them. What is it? Hundred thousand dollars? How do you know? Yeah, there's no way they're going to delete that data. It's just, I'd, as I what said, guarantees you? That morally, morally dubious. Um, that, to that, to that, to that whole company's been morally dubious. Um, but and, one of the things about coming out of that process is that you do start announcing these things and you do start saying this has happened and coming uh, clean. So I've been to, as you say, both um, both US and UK authorities are looking into this you know, in a, in a lot of detail because ne next year in Europe, um, there's a new there's a new regulation coming in. So GDPR, General Data Protection Regulation, it's all about, you know, and it's affecting, you know, basically every company has to, has to follow these new regulations and there's some massive fines if you do not look after, you know, people-centric data. Um, yes, it's not just like data protection, keeping that data reasonably secure and accurate. It's now about you have an absolute <laughs> duty to look yeah. after that data to your highest ability. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And and if you don't, the the the, the financial penalties are, are huge. You know, so it's not only reputational damage for these companies, but they will get hammered. Um, so no doubt they'll pay, pay hackers even more just to keep it quiet. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, another. This is another story that we have been talking about. I think since probably the very first episode. It feels almost. like it, and that's it it, does, that, that was one of the reasons I put it in because it's like it's, it's still here. Is, is, this is is this Groundhog Day? <laughs> <laughs> I know it's Thanksgiving, but is it Groundhog Day? Broadband firms uh, and their misleading speed advert <laughs> advertising. So I guess it just shows how long it takes to things to get through <laughs> the the legal and lobbying systems i guess um basically obviously it comes from adverts where people say you can have speeds and i i remember before it was speeds of 10 megabits per second in fact it wasn't that high in those days but let's let's keep with the analogy and then there was an argument and people said okay speeds up to 10 megabits now now it's changing again uh, and the Advertising Standards Authority have looked into the consumer understanding, which has been lobbying and all these kind of things. And now the speed up to was only what 10% of customers could actually receive. But now they're making it so an average of 50% of customers must be able to receive the value or the speed that is advertised on TV or print or whatever. So it's just changing the balance. And that's, and that's at peak time as well. So it's not... You know, middle of the night when everybody's asleep and doing yes. some speed tests, where when you can, yeah, you can get your two hundred meg. It's like at eight o'clock, seven o'clock, six o'clock, and a you know Thursday, Friday, Saturday night. What is the speed? So it's not going to change anything. It's not going to make a change to the actual services. It's not going to do anything like that. All it will mean is when you sign up for something, it's going to be much more realistic estimate of how fast the actual services you're getting. 
And I guess it will show services who have lower contention or whatever, uh, because theoretically their services would be then quicker rather than someone who is absolutely rinsing contention. Um, <laughs> no names, but let's talk about talk, 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 <coughs> um, rinse their contention. Um, and yeah, and therefore give a worse service. Yeah, well, I think it would be really interesting just to see the, some of the changes sort of before and after. I'm sure, I'm sure one of the tech blogs will do a post. Someone, yeah, someone will do. You know, after. like you know what? Virgin up to 100 million megabytes per second. <laughs> <laughs> one meg per second. <laughs> It'd there's, be nice to see, actually. There's definitely going to be a, a difference of what we advertise up until May and what we advertise the rest of the year. Someone um, take Talk Talks adverts I, and record them now. Oh, and I must admit, we've been we've been it's been a little bit of broadband talk in the office, um, just because it's so Shaq picked up a so I picked up an Apple K Apple TV 4K, mm -hmm. and it's it's nice. Can get 4K. I could get 4K anyway. Shaq picked one up, but he can't. <laughs> it's got 4K screensavers now. What, what what's what's not to love? Honestly, they are the, the bomb. They <laughs> honestly they are like oh, they melt they are, my they, eyes. They are the best bit about my TV though. Oh, when, like when it goes into screensaver mode, they are just uh, honestly, it's just like I, I've, so, I've stopped watching TV just so I can see <laughs> screensaver. So you can see the screensaver. <laughs> so, so Shaq picked up one, and he's like, "It's too it's, my broadband's too slow." So he's been looking at you know how you can improve his Wi-Fi and stuff, but his actual broadband in the house is like nineteen meg. And if you look at Netflix, wow. they're recommending at least twenty-five to get a, a streamable four K. I think that's gone up recently. Yeah, that, yeah. Was, yeah, yeah. And and it was just as we were talking, one of our colleagues from down south was up visiting this week, and he says, "My broadband's really slow just now. I'm only getting three meg." And I went, "What do you usually get?" And he's like, "I get five or six. And I was like, "What?" <laughs> I'd, I, I'd, Before they did fiber, that's what I was on. <laughs> it was like I'd, I'd, I'd been the I'd been the edge of a cliff. I'd be I'd be I'd be hotspotting off my phone to get to get forty gig downloads through EE. That is the <laughs> that's the reality. So there's a. There's definitely still, I guess, a lot of them and us, you know, that you just you take it for granted because yeah, because totally. you, you, once you've upgraded and you get your fat, you know, you're you're the same, you know. Once you've upgraded, you're like, oh, yeah, I don't care anymore. The news stories have suddenly <laughs> paled away. I didn't exactly. Really the apparently the next one on their uh, wish of getting people to change their the naming convention is fiber because they believe it's inaccurate to suggest that someone has got fiber unless they've got fiber to the premises rather so they're saying fiber to the cabinet doesn't count yeah. <laughs> so that's uh, although um, it does make a big difference to a user because their speeds are generally a lot higher but uh, they are saying it's inaccurate advertising to suggest that someone has got fiber yes. broadband when they haven't i know that's something virgin i've been very keen to change and bt I have bet not they have. you know because that is still a massive differentiator for them you know yes. and, the, and i know bt are starting to do a lot more um fiber to premises and stuff yeah, like that we talked not long but, ago that they're, they're rolling out programs but it's in their easy low-hanging fruit type yeah, areas it's, it, you know, no, if you've already got fast broadband you can get super fast yeah you know? i mean that's how you get virgin you get you you get fiber to your house you know and, and if that comes in i mean i can be bt i think i'll go to court over that yeah, they will fight tooth and nail to be sure that doesn't happen and I'm sure it's all the other companies that are piggybacking on the back of BT because the, you know, these Sky Fiber, you know, all these, yes. because, you know, it's just that all that would disappear and it would be like, yeah, these, you know. Although, they, again, the reality is fiber to the cabinet, it'll say, it'll have fiber in big letters and then yeah, to the maybe, in small maybe. Then it's accurate. Or they'll just say, you know, Sky, super fast broadband. <laughs> yeah, just some other random phrase, exactly. Yeah. Better, better then there'll be an argument about what does super fast mean? Better than fiber. <laughs> yeah, faster than fiber. UK supermarkets are going to try out a face-based ID and payment system. Um, 
this is an uh, a startup called Yoti. Is it Yoti or Yoti? I would have thought Yoti, to be honest. Mm, it's another one that you know. Yoti. And probably Yoti. in a few years' time, we'll go, oh my God, that's what it meant. You know, scribed, scribdy. I, I did. I heard an advert today that, that so there's a, there's a kind of what the climbing, camping, you know, outdoor shop, which I've always called Tizo. It's not called Tizo. <laughs> so T I S O, how would you pronounce T I S O? Probably Tiso. So they, they pronounced it Tizo. Oh. And I was like, what the? It's Tizo, man. A bit like Huawei, whatever the actual. <laughs> yeah. It's like, so I'll just stop going now. <laughs> Give me a call. So, anyway, this, this supermarket, Yoti, uh, British, it's a British startup, so it's of note. Um, and they are allowing you to pretty much uh, send a selfie of yourself alongside some identification information and some various questions. And they will then be able to verify you. So, uh, if you go into a store, uh, you can potentially, if say you're buying alcohol, you can prove using facial recognition that you are uh, of sufficient age to buy that product. Um, and yeah, I, I, it's, I don't see it being that long before we, you know, supermarkets. I think we've already ha- we've already got supermarkets, or they're they're touting them where you don't actually use any payment information. You walk in, you scan your goods, you walk out, and it actually takes payment based on what you've scanned in. Uh, and I think facial recognition might be part of that because I'm not sure people will feel completely comfortable about um, the fully, you know, paymentless solution. Yeah, I know Amazon was trying. I think they were trying it as a combination of, you know, video, watching what you're doing, device, you know, to, to, to do the whole, I've picked it off the shelf, I've put it in a basket and then I just walk out and they're just charging you based on what you what you buy. Uh, and they just try to make it as frictionless as possible. I mean, the, I think with Apple Pay kicking in a couple of years ago and it's, you know, it's app, you know you've got Android Pay, you've got, you know, you've got all the NFC stuff on, you know, you've got contactless, you know, it's just, it's just making it, you know, easy. But with facial recognition and all this become, you know, there's again, privacy things. They're saying this is more secure than sort of having just physical ID because physical ID can be taken by someone else and can be used. Um, So, yeah, Uh, but, you know, there's going to be a company out there that's storing all this identity information. And how do we know that they're the right people to be storing that information? And I think I think that's the difference. If I compare it to my recent, you know, experience with the, the iPhone 10 which has been working really well from a face ID perspective, but I know that content is only on that phone. Yep. You know, so there's a level of confidence there about where that's getting shared that, you know, you're right, where where does this go? You know, if somebody hacks that, can they can they use that? Can they, and, and I, I don't know. don't know. OnePlus has released a new phone, 5T has been announced. So this is basically their OnePlus 5, but their kind of intermediate phase release. Uh, this has got a bigger screen. Their camera system has been slightly up. Uh, well, it changed, I would say. One one of their cameras, they've got dual cameras and one of them is now their low light camera. Uh, and basically they've got a headphone jack, which they're very proud of. Um, it's, it's kind of sad that in 2017, you know, a cutting-edge <laughs> smartphone. The headphone jack is now a, a, a headline feature because everybody else is cutting out. We kind of saw that with um, Flash when it was being removed from browsers. They're like, yeah, come, come <laughs> on, you can use our browser. You can still use Flash because at that time everyone was using yeah. it. Um, but yeah, so this is a kind of nice uh, bump in their phone, their flagship phone. Uh, it's always had really good reviews and it looks like this one. If, if you like the phone, it's this is the, the phone but with additional features. So... Um, 
I think, you know, it's between this one and kind of Pixel are the two, you know, real leading lights, I'd say, in the Android market, as well as your Samsungs, which obviously do very well and uh, without mentioning, really. Yeah, uh, I think the other interesting point was it did come with a face unlock, um, which they were making they were making big play about, just uh, obviously in the back of the, you know, Apple making their big play, they're saying, yeah. look, we can do it as well. And, um, uh, but we've seen lots of phones do it for a while. It's just about how reliable it is and, you know, how accurate it is. Yeah, and it's still famously got tons and tons of gigabytes of RAM, which is amazing. But although they're giving different options of it now, so you can have six gig or eight gig, uh, and some larger storage based on those those uh, amounts as well. And I think the impressive thing is just the pricing. You're getting a lot of kit for I think it was about five sixty euros in Europe. Yep, and and even that's kind of expensive compared. Like when I bought picked up my one one plus i think it was 300 quid so uh, you know it's pretty much half in fact it's kind of remained about half price of the you know the the kind of samsung's and the the top end iphones so yeah um yeah it's pretty impressive for that money um homepod has been pushed back till 2018 they're saying early uh they need a bit more time to get it right is what they've said so this is apple's new uh, super speaker the one that you kind of like a an Alexa but actually designed around sound and speakers and therefore playing music uh, and the idea was that you could you could have multiple in one room and it would work with each other to give you the best sound. Anyway, they haven't got it quite right yet and uh they're pushing it back to 2018. Yeah, no big surprise. Um I, I think Christmas is a big miss. You know, just with the yeah. the, the new echoes coming out and, and Sonos, you know, baking in Alexa. I think that's a it's because they've announced it, though, they know they're exactly. going to hold back. People won't be spending the money on the Sonos and the... the, the, yeah. the and also, it's double the price, you know, or three times the price if you look at an Echo. And I don't think it's going to... I mean, it's, there's no way the Echo's going to sound as good as that 350 quid speaker. But, you know, it, it's it, it's back to the, do you need that? Certain, you know, I'll be honest, certain rooms in my house, I wouldn't want to put that, you know, a 350 you know, quid speaker in. I'm quite happy with 150 quid speaker. It's good enough. And I, I listened to um, one of those little small Bose speakers. Yeah, know, yeah, yep. And, and they are an incredible amount. There's the sound that comes out of those are very impressive. Yeah. Um, for, and, and I don't know how much they cost, but they're, you know, they're certainly impressive for the size. Yeah. And, and, and I think that, I think they are right to probably focus on it because the city, city still feels like, a, you know, weak sauce, you know, mm-hmm. compared to the, I yeah, they need the, the selling vo- point, and the sound yeah, will be that selling the, point. The voice, you know, people go nuts for it. Yeah, I mean, I I, I keep on seeing it to focus. You know, the echoes just work. Yeah, you know, it's just it's just so so good from a an audio. You know, compared to the, all the different platforms that I've tried over the last couple of years, that is. I would say I get so uh, I get more sensible answers if I'm asking questions and want to find information out. I get much more. Uh, accurate information from uh, my Google Home and interesting. If, so, if I want, if I know what I want to do, my Amazon is my, the the Alexa is better. Um, but if uh, but if I actually want to be able to ask questions and get contextual information, the Google device does give me more answers more regularly. Uh, although Alexa has been getting better over time. Yeah, because I know the little, the little Google. What is the little? Is it Google Home Spot or Home Mini? It was called. Yeah, Mini. They're, I think. they're doing. Uh, yeah, Home Mini. So they're they're going for thirty four as a Black Friday deal just to get under the thirty five of the Echo Dot. <laughs> yeah, uh, either one works, and it seems to be working. So, like, like I say, the 
most of my rooms are Alexa um, sorted and I, I'm used to that now. But say the Google Home does give me more answers. I'm, I get more from Alexa. I get, oh, I can't give you that answer right now quite regular oh and the google home is actually on this it's, it's on offer for 77 quid as well so again okay. just undercutting the the new echo that's I'm, I'm almost tempted just to pick one up now just to give it a bit of a, a bit of a, a test out. but then i've got too but many it'll know where you are it'll give you your location away oh well forget that ea has stripped microtransactions from star wars battlefront 2 we've been talking over the last couple of podcasts around how much stink there has been around this it was the the most down uh, vote vote down um, Reddit post ever. Yeah, uh, came from uh, came from this the post saying they were going to have microtransactions in it. Anyway, they have stripped them out and they are going to go back to the drawing board on it. So the game will initially come with no um, no microtransactions. Yeah, and the whole it, it, the biggest issue we've cut and I'm trying to actually think if we did come on a podcast I would just talked about it incessantly while we were playing other games. <laughs> but the the biggest issue was that it was kind of you're paying for a premium content, you know, you're paying fifty quid, sixty quid for the game, then you're paying, you know, you can pay one, you know. So if you want to unlock some content, you can you can you buy it and you get better characters, you get better options, you get better guns, that, and that was the bit the that was grinding people's gears. Yeah. There have so been plenty of games like Overwatch, like every you know, that have these crates, but they only ever give you visual differences. Yeah, and um, and and they've just gotten too far, and they, and they backtracked and they changed it from the beta and they changed it again, and then it looks like Disney phoned and says, "You need to get it sorted. You're messing with our much loved, you know, yeah, we've got much bad loved, stink around my brand. Yep, yeah. our much loved property is is taking some heat, and, and the only thing they've said is we're we're disabling them for now." You know, so there's there's no way they're not going to bring it back in. That's, so that's yeah, the intent they want and to do. Still, the grind and people have analysed how much grind you have to do to unlock these characters now. With no, and there's no guarantees. It's a on a percentage chance basis. So, it's, yeah. And, and 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 it was, it's interesting. I think it was the Belgium government are are looking at whether the look create kind of systems that the games are now coming with as a form of gambling. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because it's totally random. It's not to do with skill. And potentially wanting to take some of these to European court because they're going to brand it as this is gambling, not gaming. Which obviously a lot of the gaming companies are up in arms about saying, hold on, this isn't gambling because it it takes them into a whole different world. Yeah, 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 100%. But I mean, this this argument has been uh, f- flying around for, for, I would say, years now. We've, we've mentioned all these microtransactions and these additional game stuff especially stuff that actually gets shipped on the disc but you can't get access to it yeah that's the uh, worst you know and that's it there's only there's no other entertainment media i think that that's like that where you really you buy something but you're only buying a small portion of it and then you have to you know work to unlock the rest of it and there's no way of, around that so yeah it, it is right anyway and and just taking a big popular game like battlefront where they know it's mainstream for suddenly this to gain a bit of momentum uh, and, you know, to actually maybe affect change, um, say, especially as games are effectively going up in price, basically. Yeah, and you, you have form on this. You know, before, I'm thinking back to earlier, FIFA's before they went down that whole ultimate team route and fleecing. I mean, I, I've, talked to the, I've talked to folk at work, they've got kids, and how much mm. of the money they spend is, it was, I was, I was shocked. 
yeah. shocked at how much they're spending. I mean, I'm talking, you know, two, three hundred quid was getting mentioned. Yeah. And on on buying players, it was like, what the? Yeah. That that I I couldn't believe it. I was like, that is ridiculous. Um, but the before that, I remember one of the years they let you buy skills that you couldn't earn yourself. So playing online, I could play you, mm -hmm. and you could actually say, "See for two quid, I'm going to make myself faster. Um, I'm going to make myself with a better shot, and I'm going to have better dribbling skills, and you can't take the ball off me." And it was mm -hmm. like, "Well, it's, the whole point of playing online is you think you're playing it from a skill perspective." And I know you can. There's a whole other thing. It's like, "Well, I've got a better joypad, or I've got a better broadband connection, or I've got a bigger TV, or it's all these things." So it's not a level playing field. But if you think somebody can just, "Well, I'm just going to spend a fiver, and and I'm going to beat you." You know, it's like, well, that's that's not yeah. a world of what you'd be in. HCC has revealed a standalone Vive called Vive Focus. This is basically running off of mobile kind of processors, uh, but it's an, a fully integrated headset. Uh, so it allows you to move around uh, six degrees of freedom, but with, with no tethers or ties. Um, so this this kind of intermediate ground device where it's uh, it's tetherless, but you can't have the sort of high end necessary graphics of the kind of full on PC experience. Uh, but it seems to be that they can get enough performance out of this uh, to to really make it an exciting proposition and maybe a more used proposition because the PC tethered experience has clearly has proven so far to have limited uh, shelf life. It, it's initially you know impressive but you know the hassle of it after a while is too much so the solution seems to be to come up with these little integrated headsets which have got enough power to run uh, and keep the the you know the fun factor going uh, without all that necessary power and this device certainly looks impressive it looks well sorted it's kind of a cross between a playstation type headset and a i don't know what really but the adjustment looks good the it's also got two forward-facing cameras, or it seems to, on its front. So it obviously can do the um, mixed. I think it can, as well as viewing things, I, I'm imagining it can mix media to, so you can see what's going on around you. But I'm not 100% on that. I'm just talking from what I would imagine. Yeah, yeah I was like you. It reminded me of the PlayStation headset, um, which interestingly had a 100 quid price drop this week as well, which seemed to get people all uh, like, ooh. That's an interesting price, uh, but but there's no price, there's no dates on this, but it looked design wise certainly, um, certainly a step in a and I, I was I was going to say I don't I don't even know if it's a better it's a different direction. I, I still get the feeling that the companies that are all invested around VR are still they're they're almost like throwing some darts at the wall and hoping one of them you know that's that's the product that people I are looking for. I think they're for. focusing in on where they're going to end up. Yeah. Uh, I think it is this standalone headset and maybe, maybe. And over time, mobile devices will become powerful enough to run some of the more top end experiences. That's we always see it. We always think it's gonna be yeah ages away and it always comes sooner than expected. There's definitely a kind of convergence at some point, you know, and whether it's two years away, maybe it's three years away, you know, it's I guess we just need to wait and see. Matrix isn't far away now. Oh dear. That's it. That's all we've got to cover today. Unless you've got anything pick-wise or anything you want to chat. Um, it's just one that you're going to slag me off about again. It's not chess. It's um, <laughs> and, and I mentioned it just before we started. But um, honestly, if you haven't tried Firefox, give it a try. Um, yeah, okay. they, they did a new version last week. Um, I've been really impressed with its speeds. Um, been stable, really speedy. 
Um, I'm, I'm still kind of stuck on Safari just because it's I'm on that Apple ecosystem, so it makes sense from all other devices point perspective. But um, yeah, I've, I've kind of stopped using Chrome as a secondary, and I'm just using Firefox. What worries me a little bit is the so you you alluded to it. So Firefox won't run Google Hangouts at the moment. Yeah, and there but are no, it ran it ran it ran Hangouts. It just didn't do the video bit of it. Didn't do the video calling. Yeah. And and they've said they're going to solve that. And I'm guessing it's because Firefox, they, they have to keep everything open source. They can't include some of these technologies. <coughs> but then we there's plenty of other things now. So Apple do things where they will only run on Safari. So when Apple runs its keynotes, you can only watch that video on a Safari browser. So they force you into it. And, you know, Google Hangouts, the video is, is kind of limited. So we're seeing that that's splintering again that's what i worry this this is where the whole point was coming from we're seeing splintering where you have to have multiple browsers installed because you need them to be running different things and it becomes a pain uh, and so when so like when high sierra got installed on my mac uh, it comes up with a you want to uh, look at all the features of it and that forces you into safari and as you close that safari browser down it says hey do you want to use safari as your main browser instead of uh, chrome and it, it's just little things like that which Again, it's that splintering and having to, yeah. No, it seems I, like IE all again. No, I totally agree. And and we're also seeing it, you know, so just going back to the uh, Apple TV, and we're seeing it with all the TV content and how all the tech companies want to be, you know, like the, the kind of TV platform and the destination. So I've got a, I've got a Samsung telly, which has got Amazon, you know, Prime on it, so I can yeah. watch that in 4K. I've got Netflix on it, I can watch it in 4K, but I can't watch any iTunes content on it. I've got an yeah. Apple TV um, that will um, let me watch Netflix on it in 4K, let me watch iTunes content in 4K. They've done a fantastic deal um, to take any HD content I've owned, and if it's available in 4K, they give it to you for free, which I think is like nobody yeah. else is doing that, so that's like well done. Um, but there is no Amazon yet, because although yeah, the so app is no written, it's, they've not put it out. And also there's no YouTube 4K, which is, still, which is one of the biggest sources of 4K. Weird. And we well, and it's and and it's interesting again having that dialogue with Shaq. He was like bloody Google, and it's like no, it's Apple won't put the codec on. And yeah, right. but his view was no, Google need to put it into the Apple format, and it's like why? Four <laughs> K content's huge, so yeah. why? It says why is a Samsung TV, you know, that has just got a you know it's got a really crappy processor in it. Why is it got all the stuff that can play it, but this fantastic high end Apple TV device doesn't? That's Apple's fault. It's not Google. That's Apple. Uh, plus, Apple, uh, Google have got no incentive to try and do it into a format that a- Apple say no. they want. Why would no. they? It cost them a lot, awful lot of money to transfer, especially when the number of Google devices probably outnumbers the Apple. Yeah, you know, and, and what and what I would say is, where's the where's iTunes player on you know Chrome? Yeah. Where's iTunes mm-hmm. player on all these other platforms? And it's all platform wars. Yeah, and there's a lot, that, and I understand exactly why they do that. Uh, you know, of course you do. You want to protect things for as long as you can, and you believe your proposition is strong enough to be able to do that. And that, and eventually, things come back together again. Um, but they have to go through this fighting phase, and it just feels like we're going into that fight phase. At the same time, the US are dismantling their net neutrality type arrangements and agreements, and that's when things now start becoming a little bit dodgy, where we've got platform wars as well as no net neutrality, which means that those platforms can start manipulating uh, data um, based on their services. They can pay for bandwidth or whatever and screw over other services just with the use of money, which is not going to be good for consumers in the long run. No, no. The stuff that's happening there is, um, 
is is pretty bad. I still and I still have a bit of a fear that will that will spread here. Um, I would have more hope that it doesn't spread here if we were in a big bad Europe. Um, if we yeah, were, a, but we've heard we've heard our politicians talk yeah, before yeah. about how it's not a free market if you aren't allowing these deals to go through where people yep. can pay, and it's it's just it's so short sighted. But you know, I I, I have. If we if Brexit doesn't come with the regulations of Europe, I think they're the kind of things that we're going to start we're going to start suffering on. There we go. So there was my pick to end on a nice happy note. To try Yay! Firefox, and we're ending up with the death of the internet as Let's we know it. Mention unicorns. There you go. It's a nice and happy note. Why are uni- unicorns must have bad days as well, right? They did in Harry Potter, didn't they? Anyway, that's the end of our podcast. Spoiler! Come on. <laughs> It's the end of our podcast. If you want to find out more who we are, what we are, what we do, digitaloutbox.com, info at digitaloutbox.com. If you want to talk to us, Twitter at digitaloutbox. We are not verified. Ian, where can we find you? I am not verified on Twitter as Reaper, and my blog is indeed on it. Yep, I'm not verified as Cheesy UK on Twitter, and my blog is academyracer.co.uk. Thank it, you very it much. It was for... good to see your post today. I made a post. Woo! And that's, that's like two in six months. Yeah, I, I've been threatening to post about um, the iPhone 10. I have a draft. Huh? I have a lot of words written. But equally, I have a draft with lots of words written about the Nintendo Switch <laughs> since April. <laughs> when the enthusiasm took you and never put you over the Tell line. Tell you, my drafts make great reading. <laughs> um, yeah, that's it. Thank you very much for listening. And we will talk to you again in couple of weeks maybe couple of weeks of january just depends how it goes yeah see what <laughs> see what happens but we'll speak to you soon anyway thank you very much and goodbye goodbye